Before we dive in to this episode, I have to tell you what is up on Patreon because I have made so many changes. I put so much into it this summer and there's so much to be had over on Patreon. So first off, you can become a member for just $5 a month or we also have a pay what you can option at $1 a month because you know, stuff is crazy out there, you guys. I get it. And here's what you get when you sign up on Patreon. One bonus episode every month, an extra episode of a book that is only for Patreon subscribers. We have also started running ads on this podcast. I held out for a long time, but finally I caved. And now that we have ads, if you don't want ads anymore, all the episodes on Patreon will go to your podcast feed without ads if you just sign up for Patreon. So all episodes from here going forward, ad free. We also have access to something called a lounge. They gave us early exclusive access. It's been awesome. So basically become a member of the Patreon. We have a cookies only chat where all cookies can talk to each other. It's like a real digital book club where you can talk about books, the episodes. We talked about the Barbie movie, like so much conversation is going on there. That is where all my focus is going as well. That is where all the conversation is happening. You also get, oh my God, there's more. You also get an email of photos that go with the episode and you get emailed that every time an episode comes up. So everything we talked about in the episode, a photo of it will be sent to you as well as the reading list for the month if you want to read along. If you love this podcast, if you want to support this podcast, join the Patreon. It's so much fun. There's so much fun to be had over there. And also we are fully independent. We run fully by your Patreon support. So consider supporting us over there for just $5 a month um, and a pay what you can option at $1. And it's linked in the show notes. It is www.patreon.com slash Chelsea Devantes. If you just want to type it in, uh, it takes two seconds. We send you a podcast feed. You get all of the bonus ad-free stuff. So easy. And um, I'll see you over there in the lounge if you join the Patreon. Welcome to Celebrity Book Club. This is a podcast that recaps and celebrates female celebrity memoirs. I'm your host, Chelsea Devantes. I'm a TV writer, comedian, and filmmaker, and sometimes I'm in stuff too. And today we are book clubbing Cheetah Rivera's memoir published a month ago in 2023, hot off the presses. It is titled Cheetah, a Memoir. Cheetah Rivera originated so many roles on Broadway. She is truly legendary. She is the original Anita in West Side Story. She's Rosie in Bye Bye Birdie. She originated Velma in the musical Chicago and so, so, so much more that I'm not even mentioning. She has won three Tonys, been nominated for 10, and she is 90, which means she was like 88, 89 writing this memoir with her co-author, which is incredible. So let's dive in. And the money always wins. And the baby's crying. Okay, our guest today is a writer hailing from Queens, New York. Her novel, The Girls in Queens, was published last year, also hot off the presses. And exciting news, the paperback is available now. It's accessible and affordable, baby. So go grab it. 
Please welcome Christine Candic Torres. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much, Chelsea. This is a thrill and an honor to be invited to come on the podcast. Uh, well, I am so happy to have you here. Let's start with the story of how we first met. Sure. <laughs> Which is that you reached out to me on Instagram and sent me your book. Yes. Yeah. So I've been a fan of the podcast since the beginning, since like since you were on Bitch Sesh, I think, talking about the idea. So that's before I even had launched it. You're OG. Yes, yes. Um, I've been into it. I love celebrity memoir. Um, they're fun and uh, quick. And uh, as a writer myself, it's kind of fun to sort of like disconnect and jump into somebody else's life and a, a whole yeah. new complete uh, story of a, of a character, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, yeah. That's so well said. It reminds me of like being a TV writer, Often I I really enjoy reality TV stuff more because it's not my work. Like my my true love is like comedy, but like my work brain turns on for that. Right. You know? Exactly. And so then you find yourself enjoying a genre that you don't participate in. I never thought about that as like celebrity memoirs for novelists. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so I've I've been a fan since then. And when my book was coming out, my book is about female friendship and sisterhood and struggling. Some trauma. Trauma. Abs- yes. Yes. Which is a common theme here on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, trauma absolutely plays into it. It delves into sexual assault and internalized misogyny, but also how sisterhood and friendship can survive under the patriarchy. Um, so I wanted to reach out and let you know that the book is coming out and you were very kind and gracious to include it in your newsletter, which I also love. So um, thank you very much for that. And your support is is awesome. I'm so happy you did. And I've been, you know, I get approached a lot by authors to have like non-celebrity memoirs on the podcast. And I have always wanted to find a way to like support authors. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can invite Christine to like come and talk about a book. And then we can talk about your book and this book. And so, and then also I started doing these glamorous trash talk episodes. And so maybe I can like also bring some authors on in that space because I was, yeah, I was so excited to meet you and read your work. And Absolutely. Dive into this. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you my overall thoughts about the book, but please don't let them sway yours. So give me, I want your response no matter what I'm about to say, which is that I was so disappointed in this book. Oh, it, oh, I was so upset because it was not, um, it wasn't a bad book. So it, it couldn't get fun and juicy by being bad. And it wasn't a good book for me. Yeah. <laughs> and so it wasn't good. Um, I felt like it could have been a Patti Lapone book where Patti Lapone definitely listed every time she exited stage left or stage right. You know, she gave us every detail we never wanted, but her juice was real juicy. Mm-hmm. And Cheetah, Cheetah didn't get there for me. Yeah. Now tell me, how did you feel? No, I absolutely agree. And to give you the background, I don't have any particular affinity for her. I'm not a huge musical person to to give you the context. I saw yeah. Hamilton for the first time last year. Okay. <laughs> so like that's where, where? <laughs> in, in New York, you know, like I haven't okay, I okay, hadn't okay. gone. Yeah. I, you know, it missed me. So I'm late sure. to the game on on musicals. It's not my thing. But as a Puerto Rican icon, um I was grateful for the chance to like learn about her career. So that's yeah. an inroad for me on this book. But it, I felt like it was billed as this juicy tell-all that it wasn't. And yeah. and also the main conceit of the book seems to be like, which we, you hear in the first few pages, I'm not as, people don't know that I'm not as nice as people think I am. So like, yeah. oh, okay, so we're going to get these juicy, bitchy things, but we don't. 
in my opinion. Yeah, I was really hoping to like come away with this like deep love for her. And I felt like we didn't get to know her at all, which was, that being said, when I went to make the beat sheet for this episode, I was like, okay, wait a minute. There are some gems in here. Mm -hmm. So we're going to hit all the gems. But like, yeah, when she was like, I'm not as nice as you think I am. I was like, yes, bitch, give it to us. Yeah. And then when I knew I wasn't going to like the entire book is when she then gets to the part where she originated Anita on Broadway Mm -hmm. in West Side Story. Mm -hmm. When it came to cast the movie West Side Story, we know that Rita Moreno is... Uh, is Anita. And there's so much to unpack there. It's like, this is like one of the only Broadway shows starring Latino characters. It's, you know, the the film was such a, like, you know, one of these very small options for like Puerto Rican people to play the role and she doesn't get it and it's given to Rita and she says nothing about it. Yeah, she's... She, she was like, I was mad she wore my dress. That was it. Right. Yeah, she obviously, in her words, that was too hot. (laughs) I think it was too hot for her to get into. And, you know, I think that it sets her up at a disadvantage because the framework of the book is, watch out, here's how bitchy I really am, right? And if it was, I'd love to tell you about later in the, or like in the middle of the book, around the time of the Sammy Davis Jr. chapter. Yeah. She, out of nowhere, makes a reference to a Franciscan friar priest that, um, (laughs) sorry, I don't know if he was a friar or what that even really means, but that he said, we become who we are through other people, okay? It's a very, you know, almost trite sentence. But that, I think, is actually the thesis of the book. I mean, if you think about it, she talks about B. Arthur, um, Carol Channing, all of these other women. Elaine Stritch. Elaine Stritch, yes. Um, and Gwen Verdon. All these all these amazing other icons that have been uh, taught her, have been mentors for her, and Freddie, Ebb, and Candor, John Candor. These are people yeah. that were very important to her and helped her unlock her true self. And there's a lot of talk about who she really is and her identities. So that yeah. makes sense to me. That is what this book is about. And in that context, I appreciate it. But yeah. not in a juicy tell-all about how what big of a bitch she is. That's I, she, There's like two times in this book where I think... She, this is a bitchy situation that she's talking about. Yeah, there, there were actually, I think we should totally skip around the whole episode because her book isn't in order either. Okay. <laughs> um, so I collect three bitchy moments. And by the way, for everyone listening, I consider the word bitch a compliment. But that being said, she her three bitchy moments I felt were the kind I don't respect. <laughs> like the old school, like you're just denigrating someone or you're just cutting someone down versus when I think of like, she's like, I'm going to, I'm not as nice as you think I am. I think like, you're not going to play by the rules. You're going to tell us how you feel. You're going to give us your full opinion versus just like kind of be mean to someone three times in the book. So the first one is she talks about how she was in the movie Chicago. You know, she originated Velma. So when they did the movie Chicago, they put her in as a cameo as one of the uh, other women locked up in prison. And she's like, oh, I looked so bad in that movie. I looked like Cher in drag, which. Oh, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. So th- this is the big cookie crossover for me is that when I read Cher's book, which I loved, um, the whole book, she has the lowest self-worth. And she te- Cher tells you, like, everyone thinks I'm a joke. Everyone laughs at me. No one takes me seriously. Because of, I guess, my age, like, I, I was like, what? Cher, the 
incredible icon mm-hmm. and only to find out that that's kind of like in retrospect and people were really cruel to share her entire career and the amount of share jokes in memoirs is like up to four now where people like I think it's Sharon Stone makes fun of the way Cher looks and so the joke being like Cher herself is a drag queen so Cher in drag is the joke of just how ugly she looked and I was like uh-uh cheetah right <laughs> no right <laughs> Right. It's it's also like homophobic and misogynistic to make that. Yeah, joke. it's just like it's just like such a sad intersection of like shitty things to say. Yeah. I was like, oh, is this what you meant by not that nice? Like on page two hundred? Right. Okay, this yeah, go the ahead. second one is when she says Ringo Starr isn't very talented. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. So the one of the times that I clocked about was related to the Beatles. Which I also yeah. laughed out loud, though, about it. So maybe this was a time where she was bitchy and I was okay with it. <laughs> okay, okay. That they're in Blackpool. They're going to some, possibly an awards show or something. And she's with the Beatles because yeah. she's friends with their manager. And she says, I saw that frenzy up close, um, like Beatlemania frenzy, up close at the Blackpool airport as we ran, like a scene out of Hard Day's Night, to escape the screaming throngs that had gathered there. I was frightened. I wouldn't have minded if the Fuhrer had been for me, but to get trampled for the Beatles, that's like being a casualty in someone else's war. And I just thought that was like, oh, you wouldn't mind this like terrifying, impending death if it was people clamoring for you, but for these lowly... For these yeah. losers? <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're right. I'm all, I'm down with her shading. The, and, right. I, and the the Ringo Starr one didn't bother me either. I was yeah. like, oh, wow, she's really, really coming for this poor drummer of a band where he's already known as the not talented one. Like, yeah. it's not really news that he's not the most famous of the Beatles. But yeah, yeah. that's really funny. Yeah. Okay, tell me if you, this is the last, the only other one I really clocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it bummed me out. So she's with Ant- Antonio Banderas in a Broadway show. And she's like, so horny for Antonio in this. She's just like... I did appreciate all of her horniness in the book. Yes, Yes. me too. I was like, more horniness. I liked that. So she said, Antonio helped me to set that tone on stage in the musical Nine. As it turned out, Melanie Griffith, his wife, was also making her Broadway debut as Roxy Hart in Chicago, which was playing right down the street from us. The better to keep an eye out on him. I was You're pretty much insinuating that, like, she's a jealous, petty, insecure wife and that he's maybe, like, a cheater. And But then also maybe it was about Cheetah, because in two sentences later, she said, I did have one of the sexiest scenes in the show with him. And that she would, like, do the sexy scene and then, like, look out to the audience, like, jealous of me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's not surprising to me because she talks a lot about feeling jealous early in the book about through her marriage. Yeah. And that since having divorced her husband many decades ago, sometimes she still feels jealous about who he's with. Yeah, yeah, which I I liked that. Except she married a guy named Tony. He was a dancer from West Side Story. But then the timeline, I like lost Tony. I like lost where he was. And when I looked it up later on Wikipedia, it was a 10-year marriage. Yeah, right. And But in the book, I I thought it was maybe like a year. I know. I do respect if she wants to keep certain things private. So I guess we're not going to, we didn't get that much about Tony. And there's very little about Lisa, her daughter, which we can talk more about. (laughs) Spoke volumes, which we shall discuss. Yeah. She had Lisa with Tony. Yeah. Um, But the privacy that she's maintaining um, about her husband's, or I mean, I guess that is repeated with her very long partnership with someone later on, Bobby. 
Feralich or something? Yeah. It's a 17-year relationship. What? Yes. And it gets two pages in this book. She very, very quickly scans over it. I Googled. I Googled. So we have information. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, I, I also was like, wait. Because she, uh, in the book, she takes time to say, like, one of my greatest regrets in life is, like, I look at couple, old older couples on a bench, like, holding hands, and, like, I'll never have that. And so you think, but, like, if you did have it for 17 years, like, you would think that, but it's as if it's, I, I thought that relationship was two months. And the thing is, though, is that there's a, there's so much that she doesn't talk about. It made me wonder why she did the book and why she started the book with what you said. I'm not as nice as you think. Because even when it comes to Rita Moreno, like, I totally see where it's where it's the whole, um, you know, they're probably pitted against each other, which is, like, so unfair. And she wanted to be classy as hell and, and not like dish, which, but I just wish she would say things like that. Yeah, like, acknowledge it. If that was the choice of like, hey, like me and her are in it together. Like there were so like few women like us at our time, like getting roles and I'll always like ride for her or, and I hate her guts, but I uh, will not say a goddamn word about it to you. You know? Yes, yeah. Be a bitch to us, the reader. You know, yes, yes, you reader don't deserve the trials she and I went through and had to compete with each other. Yeah, anything. Right. Really? Anything. Yes. Just write anything. Yes. Yeah. Okay, that was just a little teaser of the episode. I know you're probably so annoyed. However, what if we pivoted that thought to this? You can join our Patreon for literally a dollar a month. It's the pay what you can option. It's so easy to sign up. I know you're maybe you're driving, you're in the shower, so don't do it now. But like the moment you can, you just click the link in the show notes. It takes you to Patreon. You sign up real quick. We send you an email with the link and instructions to add it to your podcast app. It takes 30 seconds. And then all the bonus episodes just come to your phone the way the normal podcast does. It's so worth it because what? We're an independent podcast. We have no husbandgers. We have no support, except for your support. So go to Patreon if you love this podcast. If you want to hear the rest of this episode, it means a lot to us.